4: If the season were ending today with every team just about having played 10 games, uh, then your number one overall seed would be the New England Patriots, whose defense after the first quarter completely took over against the Philadelphia Eagles, the Patriots at 9-1. and one. The Baltimore Ravens, in the most shocking outcome, I thought, of the day, in all honesty, not just that they won, but that they absolutely destroyed the The Houston Texans Uh, I am still not a believer in the long-range future of Lamar Jackson as a running quarterback I think the only thing that works in the NFL historically and consistently is a pocket passing quarterback doesn't mean you can't run occasionally but I don't believe you can play the way Lamar Jackson has played but the Baltimore Ravens are eight and two now and are on a roll and so the New England Patriots, who have lost the tiebreak as a result of their loss to the Ravens, are uh, managing to hold on to their lead in the AFC, nine and one. The Ravens eight and two, and then there's a fairly, I would say, substantial drop off in the rest of the AFC. Right now, the Indianapolis Colts would be your number three overall seed. And even a lot of Colts fans are like, what? We're the three seed? (laughs) Yeah, you guys would be the three seed sitting at six and four. And actually, we got a big Thursday night football game with the Colts going on the road against the Texans. Uh, Then the Kansas City Chiefs, who play tonight and then have their bye week after this game, already six and four. They can take a big step towards the AFC West crown would be the four seed right now. The Buffalo Bills who I think are a fraud. I'm not buying into the Buffalo Bills as a legitimate threat in the playoffs, but they would be your five seed and the Houston Texans would be your six seed. So that is where we are if the playoffs were to begin in the AFC right now. What other teams are in the mix hoping to make their, make their way into the playoffs, uh, the uh, Oakland Raiders managed to hang on and not blow it against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. They would be your seven seed. They are the first team out. Uh, then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers in the wake of that crazy-ass Miles Garrett story. Uh, I came on uh, live from down in Florida in hour three uh, with Jason Martin and Jeff Schwartz on Friday to talk about that. Uh, then you have the Titans sitting at five and five. I would say that's probably it. If uh, I, I don't think any of the four and six teams are going to run the table but uh, I presume if they did run the table, 10 and 6 might put them in the mix. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and uh, the L.A. Chargers who play tonight against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. That is, uh, that is your breakdown in general of the AFC playoff picture. Now, what about the NFC? Uh, well, the Giants got a win, and that ended in a crazy fashion for a lot of gamblers, by the way. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo driving down the field, finally making a play. Uh, it's like he can only make big-time passing performances against the Arizona Cardinals. So the San Francisco 49ers, your number one overall seed. The Green Bay Packers, who were on a bye at 8-2. and two. The Saints bounce back from a really disappointing loss against the Falcons to get to 8-2 and two as well. Jameis Winston throws four more interceptions Uh, The stats, by the way, on Jameis Winston are off the charts when it comes to uh, interceptions. And I think if you are a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, surely even Bruce Arians is thinking, what are we going to do with the quarterback position? Because there's no way we can stay with Jameis. Jameis Winston now has 18 interceptions in his first 10 games this season, tying his career high for a single season already with just 10 games his 18 interceptions are the most by a player through their team's first 10 games since Jay Cutler a decade ago so uh, this is the worst interception performance by a quarterback in a decade by Jameis Winston I don't know how you maintain and stick with him as the starting quarterback of your team if you're Bruce Arians maybe you just say screw it Uh, for the rest of this season which is what they seem to have decided Uh, but you are now sitting at three and seven only above in the NFC the Giants and the Washington Redskins so that is a tough spot to be but number one overall seed in the playoffs if it ended today the 49ers then the Green Bay Packers then the New Orleans Saints Dallas Cowboys hang on get the win uh, against uh the uh, the lions who were playing with Jeff Driscoll instead of Matthew Stafford then you've got as we said earlier two really really good teams in terms of record 8 and 3 Minnesota Vikings 6 and 4 LA Rams the Eagles uh sorry 6 and 4 or 8 and 2 Seattle Seahawks 8 and 3 Minnesota Vikings the Rams are the next team up and probably The only team that can even contend there for the wild card and I think it's unlikely that the Seahawks or the Vikings are going to fall apart down the stretch here Uh, so those would be your playoff teams in both the NFC and the AFC this is outkick the coverage with Clay Travis let's bring in the uh, the crew what was your biggest takeaway from the weekend uh, in general Danny G
1: well, I'll start with the AFC. The Patriots and Ravens are just running away. That was a statement win by the Ravens with that blowout over the Texans. Now, you thought the Texans were going to win? Yeah, I did. You said on Thursday that this was going to quiet some of the.
4: I would have won. I would have won the uh, the week on Lock It In television uh, show. That's what you get. Uh, so uh, we had a tight race, <laughs> and I would have won. But yeah, the, I, look, I, I think if you are a Texans fan. Let's start with the Texans side of that game because you had a bye week, right? So you had two weeks to get ready for this game, and you came out and put up that performance. That's alarming. Now, you don't have much time to worry about it because you've got an immediate turnaround game on Thursday against the other top team in the AFC South. And if you win that game, you would be sitting as the three seed in the AFC playoffs But I think this probably killed your chances if you are a Texans fan of being able to hope you could get a bye, right? At this point, you're just like, okay, let's try and win the division. I also think psychologically this is tough because you would theoretically have to go on the road to play against the Ravens if you were able to get a win in the first round of the AFC playoffs. So, And the Texans don't have an easy schedule going forward. But this was an alarming performance, I think, for the Texans coming out of the bye week. And I don't want to say it would have changed the outcome of this game completely because it's just one play. But if they throw the flag on the pass interference in the end zone on DeAndre Hopkins, when this was... a Look, I mean, as the score eventually got out of control, right? But with about, what, five minutes to go in the second quarter, there was no score in this game. If the Texans get that uh, get that call, which they should have gotten of end zone pass interference, then they get a uh, you know first down and goal right there, close to the goal line, and score to go up seven nothing. There, the game may be different. It really might have been different. Remember, it was only fourteen nothing at the half, but that's alarming. I'm not a believer again, and people get mad. People get mad at me. I'm not a believer in Lamar Jackson. Still, I have seen too many flash in the pan running quarterbacks. Greg Roman did this with Colin Kaepernick. Remember when Colin Kaepernick couldn't be stopped Uh, when uh, Ron Jaworski went on, I think it was Ron Jaworski, went on ESPN and said he thought Colin Kaepernick could be the greatest quarterback of all time. Nobody could defend him. Nobody could stop him. The NFL stands for not for long. It really does. and You're seeing that right now with what's going on with Sean McVay. For two years, Sean McVay was a genius. He revolutionized the way offense was going to be played. Nobody could stop him. He had changed everything. He was so successful that by this offseason, if you had ever worked with Sean McVay, you got a head coaching job. And now what's happened this year? His offense is just okay. Jared Goff looks average. Todd Gurley looks like he's finished, even though he had a good game last, uh, last night. The only thing in my opinion, people get mad about this, but the only thing in my opinion that works long term in the NFL is a quarterback who consistently on third and long can convert first downs by throwing the football from the pocket but
1: he has good stats this season converting third downs
4: i do not He's throwing buy, dimes i do not buy into this gimmick offense i they feel are like you dug your heels in and no, you're being stubborn no, it's because you, you said never, the same on.
1: thing with the patriots no when there has never it been, was because of there Edelman's has never fumble. been
4: a quarterback succeed the long term like Lamar Jackson. Is he going to be the first quarterback to ever succeed long-term playing football like he plays football? If that's going to happen, I tip my cap to him. He's truly one of a kind. I don't believe it. We have seen this before. First 16 or 17 games uh, that RG3 starts, he's going to change the game forever. Boy, are the Redskins lucky. First 16 20 games or so that Vince Young starts I live through it here in Nashville this dude is changing the game rookie of the year unstoppable winning games by running off 40 yard touchdowns against the Houston Texans VY disappears can't ultimately make it as a pocket passer neither can RG3 same thing with Tim Tebow if we had been doing this show during the Tim Tebow run oh my god he makes the playoffs oh my god he just beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in overtime, look at that crossing route he hits to Marius Thomas for. I've just seen this all happen before. Lamar Jackson is an electric talent. He's come into the league. They have designed an entire game plan around him. I would be, if I were a Baltimore Raven fan, a little bit nervous about what happened last year in the playoffs when the Chargers came out and exposed him. I think that's going to happen in this year's playoffs again. So I'm not a believer. I understand some people are. But if you told me right now you can have Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, you can have any of these young quarterbacks who are gunning the ball all over the field from the pocket, I would take them long-term. Even yesterday, after what I saw happen with the Ravens winning 41-7, if you told me right now you are GM, Clay, and you can have Deshaun Watson or Lamar Jackson for the next five years, i take Deshaun Watson. I believe in him more than I believe in Lamar Jackson. So I'm not climbing off. I'm not changing. I do not believe that Lamar Jackson has a long-range future as a quarterback the way that he is currently playing. Not saying that he can't one day be a pocket passer. He's got a big arm, but you can't make a living doing what he's doing. We saw it before. Again, if you went back and just listened to what was said about RG3, to what was said about Tim Tebow, to what was said about VY, and honestly, to what was said about Colin Kaepernick, all of them took the league by storm for about 20, 24 games. And then everybody caught up with them. And I'm saying it just with Sean McVay too. Sean McVay had two years where he looked like the smartest man on the planet. And then the NFL adjusts and they figure out what he's doing. And I'm not saying Sean McVay's not going to be a good coach. I'm just saying that that idea that he was going to remake football, his offense has not been that good basically since the Super Bowl. And uh, I don't think it's going to come back and be extraordinary again unless Jared Goff proves to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league.
1: Well, Lamar Jackson doesn't remind me of Tim Tebow and Vince Young. He reminds me more of Randall Cunningham and Mike Vick. So why can't you... Him to Randall Cunningham. What did Randall
4: Cunningham win?
1: Well, I'm not talking about the results with Randall Cunningham. You could argue about the teams that surrounded Randall Cunningham, and he did get into the postseason a couple of times.
4: Michael but Vick was an incredible player. He never put in the time to begin. He'll tell you this himself. Hey,
1: there's some great quarterbacks that never won Super Bowls. No, no, That's but Michael Vick will tell about.
4: you that he never put in the time to to become the quarterback that he could have. But Lamar Jackson is
1: proving that he has because he obviously worked on things he needed to work on during the the offseason.
4: Every single thing that is being said about Lamar Jackson before has been said about RG3, has been said about VY, has been said about Tim Tebow, and has been said about Colin Kaepernick. And all four of those guys came into the league and they took the league by storm. And everybody said, man, nobody's going to be able to stop these guys. And then ended up what happening? They got stopped because they weren't consistent enough in a pocket passing situations. Sooner or later, Lamar Jackson, as a runner, is going to get stopped, right? Either he's going to get injured or he is going to uh, slow down, right? I mean, he's not going to have the same speed for the rest of his career. And he's going to have to prove that in the pocket, he can make things happen And I have significant doubts based on the history of the quarterback position about whether or not he can do it. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis.
2: Terms and conditions apply.
5: What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters?
4: Going around the horn and getting everybody's take. Danny G, did you finish uh, or did we just get distracted by Lamar Jackson?
1: <laughs> yeah, you can be wrong about Lamar Jackson. And by the way, are you a little nervous going back to lock it in? Because was it last week that they gave you all the crap for having him ninth on your I'm list? I'm bumping of him up MVPs? to eighth,
4: eighth on my MVP See, list.
1: you're just being a smart ass <laughs> no, on Twitter doing that. eighth on my that.
4: MVP list. Come on. Uh,
1: Come on. Okay, and just lastly, I looked it up. Randall Cunningham had five playoff victories, so at least he did something in the playoffs. But besides you being wrong about Lamar Jackson, the Saints and Cowboys look good getting back on track. And then yesterday, I was in Oakland for the Raiders win. The only two Bengals fans I saw all afternoon had bags decorated bags over their heads and one said burrow bull. Yeah. So that was uh that was pretty good. Um and that young Raiders defense stepping up two weeks in a row. How about Max Crosby? We've talked about him on the show before. Obviously on Hard Knocks they focused in on him a little bit. Fourth round draft pick. He broke his hand and came back in the game. Yeah. yeah. He has more sacks than Khalil Mack. Benson Mayoa also has more sacks than Khalil Mack. So the Raiders have two players that have more sacks than Mack. Yeah, in
4: retrospect, the, the Raiders took a lot of crap for the trade of Khalil Mack. Now, I do think the Amari Cooper trade, they still look bad because Amari Cooper, since he went to the Cowboys, has completely revolutionized the Cowboy offense. I mean, you go look at the numbers for Dak Prescott pre and post Amari Cooper, it's night and day. And the Cowboys, if they go on and win the NFC East again this year, it's going to be because of the amari Cooper trade but i think it's fair to say the Khalil Mack trade with the bears uh the ba- it's not going to be that impactful they couldn't win a playoff game last year thanks to the double doink off the uh off the goal post uh and i don't think they're going to be able to do uh, anywhere near make the playoffs this year and they're going to have yeah. to go back to the drawing board so
1: and the raiders got Josh Jacobs out right. of the deal so
4: as a result
1: yeah and speaking of the bears naggy came out and said trubisky was playing with a hip injury i
4: understand did you that, see that yeah
1: like, no i know and it's just interesting because obviously we saw what happened to Tua. i was at a sports bar saturday when that injury happened it got so quiet in there yeah it was like very sad in the bar after that and the guy at a table next to mine he asked me what do you think this does to the draft
4: i think that it's going to inevitably they will say as they are now he is going to have a full recovery he's going to be fine you never hear somebody say oh my god his career's in jeopardy you know like publicly but I I do think it's an intriguing question once the surgery happens uh to how long the recovery is going to be and whether uh, how do you draft him as important as first round picks are It is now mid mid to late November. The Combine is in February. There's no way, and I'm not an expert, but it seems to me there's no way he's going to be recovered and able to throw at the Combine. Maybe into March or April he can be back and be able to prove that he's on the way to recovery. But I think this could be a significant enough injury that his draft stock could be significantly hit here. And if that's going to be the case could Tua have to come back to Alabama for another year uh, for that reason. I, I think that's, this is going to be a story that is very much worth monitoring uh, going forward because to me, by far, it's the most significant question we've had. I mean, when's the last time that we had, and this is just a good question for you guys, maybe you guys can think of it, when's the last time we had a first-round quarterback drafted who left the field on a cart in college football? In other words, when is the last – think about this for yourselves – when is the last time that we have seen a quarterback drafted in the first round whose career ended in college football being taken off on a cart? And you guys can tweet me that too because I'm putting everybody on the spot with that question. And the reason why I'm raising it as a question is how rare it is for a quarterback – to go in the first round with any sort of health concerns associated with him at all because the quarterback position is so fraught with peril overall in the first round anyway. All this does is take it up to the next level. Now, Jeffrey Simmons went in the first round as a defensive tackle coming off of a torn ACL that he had in uh, his combine training. So there certainly is a precedent for guys still being drafted in the first round despite injuries. This happens in the NBA a decent amount as well. But it's always for, for instance, an ACL injury, which guys feel more comfortable with. But I'll, I'll bring you guys in. We'll talk about this at the top of hour two. Can you think of a quarterback who has gone in the first round that was taken off the cart and had season-ending surgery right before he was drafted? Because I can't think of one right now that is gone in the first round. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Let me go ahead and bring in uh, Eddie Garcia, and uh, we're breaking down everything that we saw in the NFL and college football. What stood out the most to you, Eddie?
0: Well, I think the uh, playoff picture in the NFC is pretty much set. I I think it's 49ers, Packers, Vikings, Seahawks, Saints are all definitely in. Yep. The Cowboys have a one-game lead over the Eagles, who do have the, da- the Cowboys coming up in a couple of weeks with some winnable games. So that's the only intrigue, I think, in the NFC that's left. Could the Eagles possibly catch the Cowboys? But other than that, it's pretty much set uh, in the NFC. And I think in the AFC, it's other than the Raiders. Uh, you know, Raiders, Colts, Texans, uh, one of those teams will be on the outside looking in. But uh, it's, the playoff picture is certainly clearing up right now. Uh, in the NFL in college football, I cannot believe Baylor blew that game.
4: Oh, what a joke. Uh,
0: unbelievable dominate dominating the first half at home, uh, could do no wrong and then I almost You got to give you know credit to Jalen Hurts, who is unflappable. He's getting hit so hard, his visor's popping off of his face mask, and he didn't appear to get frustrated. He just kept churning along, and they got a little momentum. The big turnover when the running back fumbled there in the second half, and they score uh, a couple of quick touchdowns, and it was just a sooner avalanche after that. But man, unbelievable how that thing turned around in in you know at halftime.
4: Yeah, because everything would have changed if Baylor wins that game then they knock Oklahoma probably... I mean, you start to look at the Big 12 title game, but you're starting to ask the question... Oklahoma's then out of the playoff race, right? Uh, and then you're asking the question, wow, could Baylor go 13-0? and Because Texas is wobbly. They're 6-4. and four. They're coming to uh, to Baylor. And then Baylor finishes with Kansas, and it's hard to believe that they could lose to Kansas. So you're talking about 12-0 and Baylor in the Big 12 title game and with a decent chance to go to 13-0, and which would have put... Them right back in the mix, and now I feel like the Big 12 and the Pac 12 both are kind of held hostage by what happens with Georgia. But that if you were doing the flow chart of the uh, playoff picture, that right now Georgia is in the pole position. If they went out, Georgia's in, and LSU is in, and theoretically Ohio State and Clemson would be in. Now, the Big 10 still has a lot of moving parts, by the way. Ohio State opened as a 19-point favorite over Penn State in what is effectively the Big Ten East title game on Saturday in Columbus. But a 19-point favorite tells you that the expectation is Penn State is not going to be able to keep that game close against Ohio State. We'll see. So far, nobody has been close against Ohio State. Uh, But if the Buckeyes win that one, then uh, they're in pretty solid position. It wouldn't even really matter what happens against Michigan Because they would have already clinched the Big Ten uh, East, despite what might happen against Michigan. And then it looks like the Big Ten West, barring something crazy happening, is going to come down to Wisconsin on the road against Minnesota in the final game of the regular season for both teams. And uh, if Minnesota wins out, they beat Northwestern and they beat Wisconsin, then that loss that they had to Iowa won't really matter because... I think they'd be in the playoff if they could pull off the upset over, theoretically, it looks like it's going to be Ohio State in the Big Ten title game. So a lot still to happen, but things are not that complicated in the playoff picture. I think I could break it down pretty easily uh, for everyone. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Roberto, your big takeaway was...
1: Uh, I'll go. I'll go local. Locally here, U. Uh, UCLA Chip Kelly supposedly, you know, slight chance here to win the Pac-12 South or to win over, uh, Utah. Yeah, that's not that gonna, didn't happen. Gonna happen. Yeah, forty-nine to three, terrible. Another, another disappointing year with uh, UCLA under Chip Kelly. UCLA, uh, USC wins wins big, forty-one to thirteen. But we have the game coming up this Saturday. U.S. UCLA USC, but game doesn't really matter. Well, game that used to matter. Doesn't matter. These both, both of these those teams are terrible. Teams
4: did, is it true that both? And I haven't even looked at UCLA's schedule, but I think that's true of USC. Is it true that both those teams have a bye the final week of the season, so they're effectively over?
1: Yeah,
0: that, yeah, that, that's true. Yeah, that
4: seems wacky. I don't know yeah. why they wouldn't play it the take their bye than the, the weekend before here. But anyway, so uh, that the Clay Helton era could officially be, be over exactly on Saturday. Although, given how USC has gone over the years, it would be the most uh, USC thing possible for Clay Helton to yeah, somehow keep th- his job.
1: I, th- I think uh, if UCLA wins that game, it's definitely automatically that Clay Helton's oh, probably Oh, there's no gone. doubt if he lost yeah.
4: it for a second straight year to Chip Kelly. But even if he wins, I mean, what, USC would be 8-4, and four, right? Which isn't a disastrous season um, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, exactly. Very Clay
1: Helton-like. Yeah, exactly. Like you you said. brought
4: him back at 5-7 and seven, looking at the injuries that they had. It wouldn't be a total disaster of a season. But it appears that he's most likely going to be gone. Uh, So I think we've covered a lot of the NFL and college football. We haven't talked hardly at all about the Colin Kaepernick workout. And I don't know about you guys, but to me, Colin Kaepernick is done. I mean, let me just say this as a general rule. There are a lot of kids out there who listen to us as they go into school in the morning, parents with their kids in the car. We understand you're starting off your day all over the country. I give my kids pretty basic advice, and this is the same advice that I'd give all the kids that are out there right now. If you get an interview, treat the interview with respect for a job that you want. What do I mean by treat the interview with respect? I mean, come in with your haircut. Come in dressed uh, in the best possible clothing that you have for the job that you're interviewing for. Treat an opportunity to get a job with respect. I don't think Colin Kaepernick treated his opportunity, which was created, it appears, by Jay-Z and Roger Goodell, to get a job with respect. Okay, You show up in a Kunta Kente t-shirt for your workout. If you are already known for inflammatory reasons, among them, I'm going to wear a shirt with Fidel Castro on it and proclaim that Cuba is more free than America. First of all, you're an idiot. You have no clue what you're actually saying. But that is a questionable move. If you have called police modern-day slave catchers, if you have worn socks depicting law enforcement as pigs, do you really think it's very smart to show up for the workout that you've been begging for for 3 years in a Kunta Kinte t-shirt this happened if you don't know and if you're out there and you're like I don't know who Kunta Kinte Kunta Kinte was the slave in Alex Haley's roots so Colin Kaepernick who made 100 million dollars playing football ish is showing up in a t-shirt saying that he is a slave. And I think there's a lot of people out there right now listening to us going into work who are going to make a lot less than $100 million that are saying, man, if that's slavery, show me where to sign up. And you change the location of your workout at the last minute, meaning that 17 different teams that were going to show up and watch you work out instead don't end up there. To me, this is indicative of the fact that Colin Kaepernick doesn't want a job in this league. He doesn't. He wants to be a martyr. He wants to be a social justice warrior. He wants to be a guy who is not employable because the minute he gets signed in the NFL and becomes a backup, all of his martyrdom is gone. Then you're just one of 60 some odd dudes who hopes to be a quarterback one day. And I know there were eight different teams that were willing to jump through the hoops to actually go see this uh, this workout. And according to Adam Schefter, those teams were the Chiefs, the Jets, the Eagles, the Titans, the Bills, the 49ers, which is interesting in and of itself considering they, uh, they that he opted out of his contract with them. The Redskins and the Lions. Now, I think it's possible that Greg Roman, who is right now setting up Lamar Jackson to such success and previously was the coordinator who led to Colin Kaepernick's greatest moments, I think it's possible he could get a head job in the offseason, maybe even with the Redskins, and possibly he could go and try to sign Colin Kaepernick. But I think this is instructive of the larger universe and an important lesson for a lot of people to learn if you want a job you have to behave in a manner that reflects that you want that job and to me the way that Colin Kaepernick performed and behaved on Saturday is indicative that he doesn't actually want a job and I think this entire circus which continues around Colin Kaepernick. Oh, I'm not going to show up at the location the NFL wanted me to be. Oh, I want a camera crew there to film all this workout. This guy is all for the attention now not to actually be a quarterback. And I don't know who's advising him. I think we have a few cuts of Colin Kaepernick talking And it's rare that he actually speaks, so I want to play some of these. But to me, if I'm an owner, if I am a GM, if I am a coach, the way that this workout went down confirms everything that I already believed about Colin Kaepernick, which is this guy's not interested in being a quarterback in the league. And whoever advised him to show up in a freaking Kunta Kente t-shirt, I mean, that would be, if I were an owner, a deal breaker for me. And that's before you've already called one of the owners of the Baltimore Ravens a uh, a slave master, effectively, and called Ray Lewis and Uncle Tom. I'm just, I'm not willing to sign him because I'm thinking, okay, what's going to come? What's the other shoe that's going to drop? Because I don't think this guy wants to play quarterback. And why would I bring in a backup that is going to create this kind of story for my franchise and for my team? every time he decides to wear a t-shirt i mean this is just mind-numbing to me that you would equate yourself with one of the most famous slaves in american history it's just wild uh what uh what audio cuts do we have danny g let's hit these of the kaepernick workout
3: i've been ready for three years i've been denied for three years we all know why I came out here, showed it today in front of everybody. We have nothing to hide. So we're waiting for the 32 owners, the 32 teams, Roger Goodell, all of them to stop running. Stop running from the truth, stop running from the people. We're out here, we're ready to play, ready to go anywhere. My agent, Jeff Nally, is ready to talk to any team, I'll interview with any team at any time. I've been ready, I'm staying ready, and i continue to be ready. We'll be waiting to hear from Roger Goodell, the NFL, the 32 teams. We'll let you know if we hear from them. Ball's in their court, we're ready to go. Our biggest thing with everything today was making sure we had transparency of what went on. We weren't getting that elsewhere, so we came out here. It's important that y'all are here. Y'all been attacked for the last three years. Y'all continue to be attacked. We appreciate what y'all do. We appreciate you being here today. We appreciate the work you do for the people and tell them the truth. That's what we want in everything.
4: I just, I mean, I just, I, I look, I am of the belief, and you guys know if you listen to this show, that I am a second, third, fourth chance kind of guy. If you are capable of playing football at a high level or any sport for that matter, I'm not going to hold, you know, I was, when Michael Vick got arrested for dog fighting, I was like, as soon as he gets out of jail, I think he should be able to go play, right? Uh, If you, uh, even Antonio Brown, I think is an idiot. And I think social media has rendered him almost unemployable. But if there were a team that believed that his talent was good enough, that it overcame his problems, go sign him. But when you hear those limited cuts, even from Colin Kaepernick, does this sound like a guy who wants a job? It just, to me, it does not sound like in any way he wants a job. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis.
5: What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters?
4: So a lot of times in order to get where you want to be, you have to be willing to humble yourself. And that is no matter what your life status is, you may have had success in one job. And there are a lot of people out there listening to us right now that lost jobs. And in order to build themselves back up, you have to go take a job that might be of a lower status than you think you deserve. You may not even like the fact that that you have to do that. In fact, most people don't, but that's how many of us live in America today. Colin Kaepernick has been begging for an opportunity, he says, to come back into the league for three years. The NFL makes an unprecedented offer to him to allow him to have a public workout for every NFL team to attend. Kaepernick's people get upset about the way that that workout is structured. They move it to a new location. In the process, they lose two-thirds of the teams that were going to show up and watch the workout. And again, you show up in a Kunta Kente shirt and challenge the NFL. I just I find Colin Kaepernick to be an, an incredibly unsympathetic character at this point. And frankly, I believe he doesn't want a job. Do you guys buy into that? Danny G, do you buy into Colin Kaepernick actually wanting a job based on the way he behaved at this workout?
1: I'm not sure. I've been trying to keep an open mind to both sides of this. I read opinion pieces over the weekend, and uh, Mike Jones of the USA Today, I took a snapshot of a couple paragraphs that I thought were interesting. He said, nothing good comes out of Saturday. Nobody won. Kaepernick supporters will praise him for showing that he does indeed still belong in this league with his passing because of the strength of those throws that are on video now. They'll view him as heroic for staging his own workout, and they'll accuse Commissioner Roger Goodell of contriving a plan to embarrass Kaepernick and rid the NFL of this polarizing figure once and for all. Meanwhile, critics will tell a far different version. They'll accuse Cap of hijacking the day to further command the spotlight. They'll cluck their tongues and say, I told you so. Both views are far too simplistic and one-sided. This was bad on both ends. There's blame to go around. I
4: disagree completely. If there's any blame about the NFL?
1: Well, I think because it was this late in the season, it doesn't.
4: It doesn't matter. And, Look, if you and
1: on a Saturday. Well, I, what I'm confused with is why did Kaepernick come out and tweet? That he was looking forward to seeing coaches, yeah. He's not and smart general dude. managers. He's not there. a smart dude. Let's just mean, start there. Even, like is, even if Quinn had a home game, he wouldn't have been there on a Saturday. So none of that made any sense to me at all.
4: Kaepernick is is not getting gotten good advice, and frankly, every time I hear him talk, he further confirms that the fact that we have given him legitimate attention for political opinions is absurd right? Like he is not an educated person when it comes to politics and that's fine. A huge percentage in history and everything else that matters, a huge percentage of people in America are not. The difference is he has been treated as a legitimate figure by the media because they want him to be significant. But this is, but let's just take a step back here in general. If you want a job and lots of people out there want a job, if you want a highly competitive job, and you are given an opportunity to potentially get that job. To me, you show up and take that job opportunity as seriously as you possibly can. Colin Kaepernick, to me, didn't do that. But and 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 this is, and I think that's why you've seen Jay Z basically take shots at him. Uh, it's why you've seen a lot of people who have been in his corner now start to take shots at him. Every little thing is not going to be perfect that Colin Kaepernick wants. The NFL did something unprecedented for him to give him an opportunity to show his talents for the entirety of the league. And short of an NFL owner deciding to sign him just to get all of the praise that he would get from the sports media, like Dan Snyder is the most ripped owner in the history of the NFL, maybe. Right. I mean, I think you can make the argument that Dan Snyder is the most hist- most ripped owner in the history of the NFL. If he signed Colin Kaepernick and Dwayne Haskins is a joke, you know, he's going to have to bring in a new uh, coach. I think we could have a Dwayne Haskins as Josh Rosen type situation. But if Dan Snyder signed Colin Kaepernick, everybody would suddenly turn to praising him. But this performance short of something like that where an owner does this entirely for his own benefit there's no way that any team that is legitimately trying to win games, in my opinion, could justify signing Colin Kaepernick after the way he behaved at this workout. Dub, do you disagree? Am I Or anybody else, like Eddie Garcia, Roberto, anybody like, oh, I'm rooting for Colin Kaepernick now after having seen this?
2: Well, his decision just with the shirt alone, I think pretty much every owner would probably uh, kind of just – cross him off the list just because of that because the main reason he's not on a team is because of the huge distraction it would be yes as a backup quarterback and he has to
4: know that so why in the world would you insist on your own film crew and show up in an inflammatory t-shirt like that designed to draw more attention to everything other than your football ability
0: because yeah, he cares, totally- he cares more about being an activist than he does a football
4: That's player. That's the only thing I can take away. I mean, is that what you? I mean, I don't see how you can have any other conclusion based on the way this thing went down.
0: I don't disagree with that, and as you've said before, and I always kind of screw it up. And when your problems outweigh your talent, yeah, no one's going to sign you. And his. Problems usually are off the field issues. In this case, it's him caring more about things other than football. And if you're an owner and you're a coach, all you care about is the football part of it. So why bring in a guy who may or may not have the talent to play in the NFL if he's going to come with all this other stuff?
4: Yeah, and and I wonder who's advising him because let's himself, say, I think. Yeah, I mean, but the yeah. Kunta Kinte t-shirt to me is just so mind-bogglingly stupid, right? And so is the film crew. And so is feuding with the NFL over where the workout's going to take place. Like, you are a sideshow. If you have the reputation justified for being a sideshow, then you need to do the exact opposite of be a distraction and a sideshow at your workout. Show up. Don't draw attention to yourself. Don't demand a film crew. Perform. Answer all the questions. Don't appear to challenge the league and the owners after you've already filed a lawsuit against them, by the way. I just I, I I don't think that there's any coach or GM or owner with a functional brain, unless they're like Dan Snyder and their team stinks already and you just want to get praised by the media that could possibly justify signing Colin Kaepernick now. I think he has completely killed his NFL career. With the performance he put out there on Saturday.
2: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in
4: the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, oh.